welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and I'm joined by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. As always, you can be part of the Peaceful Ease podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions, comments, ideas that you'd like to share with Ela, you can call us 424-625-5562 is the number. Again, that's 424-625-5562. You can also email us, podcast at peacefulease.com is our email address, and you can Check out everything Peaceful Ease at PeacefulEase.com. That is the website. Ela, it's so great to be back with you today. Hi, Mario. It's, it feels like it's been a long time now. It does, but it really hasn't been that long. No, we just spoke <laughs> last week. <laughs> I know, yes. At the time of this recording, and you're still in the Mallorca house. Yes, I'm still in this mysterious house where the locked doors open and the lights turn on by themselves or turn off. And I discovered a whole new floors. So if you don't know the story, I booked some place on Airbnb and I thought it has two, three nice rooms. I looked at the pictures, I looked at the location and I didn't realize this place is like five stories, an old building, beautiful and six bedrooms and all. And I discovered there's a whole floor underneath the house. So it's actually six stories. And it's like, at first, I didn't know how to go in there, but the boiler broke, so I had to go in there. <laughs> so it was like you lift the floor, there's like a wooden floor, you lift it up, and then you can see the stairs underneath it because it just looked like a cave otherwise. You could see through a bit underneath the wall, there was a gap. And now, like, I went in there, and there's a panel in the wall that you don't know where it opens to. So it's like a very mysterious house. Do you know what year that house was built? Uh, I don't, actually. It's a good question. I know the owners inherited from their grandparents. So it's like a family house. And the architecture is very consistent here. So I think the village is it's a historical village. Uh, it's beautiful, but I don't know. That would be interesting to know because I'm sure there's been many generations that have come through the house or at least spent time there. And from what I've learned from you, and I'd love for you to speak more to this, but it seems like the family are very kind and have very good energy. And it probably went from generation to generation, just the way that they show up and operate. Yeah. So for me, what's really interesting, so I met the family, obviously, and they're really kind people. And I feel that in the house, there may be some others, you know, in different forms staying here with me. (laughs) And if they are, they're very welcoming. And I feel like everyone is doing their stuff. If they leave the door open or the light on, uh, you know, okay, it happens. Or it's probably me, I perhaps left the light on or the wind pushed the door open, you know, I don't know which way. But either way, I feel like I'm fine. And what's fascinating is like perhaps two years ago, you know, I couldn't say this. 
when I talk to people here, my friends and stuff, they say, oh, I would have packed my stuff a long time ago and left. And I'm like, I know what you mean, but now I don't feel that way. I don't feel threatened. And I think that's partially me growing and partially the energy is being very different here. And, you know, we did this interview with Nicole Ehrenberg, and there are special people like her who were just born fearless and she had gifts you know from such an early age you know the last episode she explained her realizations at the age of five I wasn't like that I had to do the work to gain this kind of clarity and fearlessness and I've been thinking why what's changed what's changed and I went for a walk in the woods here there's like um, the places between the mountains and the ocean and it's beautiful and as I was walking in the woods, I was like, I had to check my phone all the time because the paths are not marked. And it was getting dark and I was running low on battery and I was thinking, this is so typical me. Here we go again. You know, I have to always have this excitement in the background. But yet it wasn't fear. And I thought, what's changed? What's changed? What's different now? Why am I not even rushing? You know, even though it's getting dark. And if I run out of battery, there was no way I could find my way back because there were like dozens of routes. And if I didn't have the GPS on all the time, I really wouldn't know which way to go. And I realized that the crucial difference was that I just saw what was there and nothing more and nothing less. And I felt what was there and nothing more and nothing less. And what I mean by this is that in the past, I would look around the forest and see it was a gray day anyway. So it was kind of dark and the trees were like beautiful olive trees, but they're low. So I kind of block the sky just right above you. So there's not much of a like high canopy above you, you know, it's kind of this dense olive trees around you. And in the past, my mind would go on writing about stories about this place. Like, what if it gets dark? What if I'm abandoned here or I can't find home? Or if I can't call anyone, even if I stay overnight and so on and so forth. But this time, I was just alone with the facts. Okay, this is the situation. What can I do? I can walk faster. I can try to save battery when I think like I'm going straight and I don't have to check the GPS. And that's it. And if I'm going to be like stuck here, I had to stay. Well, I will look for a safish place to sleep overnight, maybe. And that was it. And that was such a freedom to see what's there and not go beyond with your imagination and with your fears. And that has been, for me, the biggest revelation since I came here. What's the work that you've done to get yourself to that point where you don't tell yourself stories? I knew you were going to ask this because you asked it always, the crucial points. And I was like, okay, Mario is going to ask me how. <laughs> like he's gonna... you're, start, you're starting to get it. <laughs> he's going to ask me for a list of things to do to get to this point. <laughs> That's a story you're telling yourself. I didn't ask for a list. It could be one thing. It could be 10 things. And I'm just curious because there's so many people who always either assume the worst or they tell themselves stories. And one of the things that one of my mentors told me in the past that has stuck with me, and I've talked about this on my podcast a lot, is that all fear is projected. Meaning when you have fear, it's because you're afraid something may or may not happen. You're looking at pain that could come in the future. 
But if you look at the present moment right now and you stop, you can say, in the present moment right now, I have everything I absolutely need for this moment. I'm good. But if you're afraid, it's like the story that I hear the most is like skydiving, right? I've never been skydiving, but I've heard people tell the story where they say, you know, the worst part of skydiving is the day before you go skydiving because you're thinking about it. And then at night, it's really hard to sleep because you're thinking about jumping out of the plane. And then you get there and you're even more scared and you go up in the plane and you look out and you're just terrified. And then when you go to jump out, you hold on to the door and they say, okay, one, two, and they always jump on two because people latch on when they say three and they push you out. And the moment you're out of the plane and you're falling, the fear goes away (laughs) because you're enjoying the moment and it's like exhilarating. But the only moment when you're in any inherent danger is when you're actually falling. The whole day before, you're in no danger because you haven't jumped out of the plane yet. So it's funny to me how the time when you're actually in danger is the time when there's no fear present. And it's like that with a lot of things, but a lot of people, so whenever you're afraid, a lot of people, they're telling themselves stories of what may or may not happen. And so the thing to me is, why should you let something that may or may not happen affect the perfect moment that you have right now? which it sounds like you do brilliantly and you've been able to work on yourself to get to that point. So my question is for the people who haven't been able to get there yet, how did you do it so maybe they can begin the process even of getting themselves away from telling those stories so that fear doesn't become such an obstacle for them? Yeah, and this is why I do all this work so that when I figure out something, I can say, okay, this is how it works. If you want this result, try this. But unfortunately... It doesn't work that way because we are so different. So even if I could figure out a formula, it wouldn't probably apply to you or everyone at least. Like we are so different. And it's so hard to figure out a formula. Also, I'm not like a scientist. I'm not trying to prove a point like the benefits of this or that. I just do several things at a time. You know, like since the summer, June the 1st, I'm in Europe. And I've been reading very, very deep books. I've been doing a lot of work with internal family systems. I've been doing different practices and having regular calls with mentors, meditation teachers, therapists, talking with different people about different things. So it's very hard to say, okay, this worked, because I don't know which one worked. But somehow, I know that it's possible to differentiate between what is out there and what's in here, in your mind and in your heart. And I think meditation and internal family systems made a huge difference in my life in the sense that when I hear like I'm in the forest a part of me is thinking okay what can I do very rational I just think thanks to internal family systems therapy I'm like okay who's this rational person can I put him or her in charge (laughs) of getting out of here on time before it's pitch dark and then there are parts of me saying We are going to be stuck here. It's going to be too cold. I don't have a thick jacket. And it's like, tonight is going to be the storms coming and da-da-da-da. And I'm like, okay, who's afraid here? And can I match these people in me, whichever parts of me are generating these parts? Can I kind of put them together with the parts who are not afraid? Parts of me that are rational, looking for solutions and saying that, look, I could only do, do the best. I'm right here. Like, whichever way I go, it's going to take me an hour and a half. And I have maybe an hour, 15 minutes before it's stuck, you know. So it's really learning to differentiate 
between what you see around you and it's not even between logic and emotion because how you feel is also there like the fear the hope the frustration oh why didn't I charge my phone but then not going further than that not saying this is gonna happen or not saying what if this happens but just staying with the facts and the emotions the thoughts and the emotions and not projecting further because we don't know somehow through a bunch of things that's the place i arrived at does that help it does so let me ask you this question two years ago Ela's staying in that same house the locked door opens the light comes on what do you think not what do you do i mean because what you do is a byproduct of what you think what does Ela two years ago think when this happens? So I give you a, not even like a theoretical answer, but another example that actually happened. So maybe two or three years ago, I was staying at a home in the mountains in Switzerland. During Christmas, we all go there and I was staying in that house and the house gets too full. So me and my husband, we stay in a hotel next door and there is a passage underneath the house that goes into the hotel. So you don't have to go up because it's like sometimes minus 10 degrees Celsius, you know, it's just like meters of snow. But the passage is like a dark hallway that opens up into a garage and then goes into the hotel through the garage. And the hallway has these lights that kind of detect movement. So you can't really turn on the lights at some point at least. You have to walk into dark for the lights to get kind of triggered. And that really gave me a hard time just two, three years ago. And I was also working on a book that involves like psychopaths and criminals. It was a fiction book. And all that research I did, I was really expecting all sorts of things to jump at me from the columns in the garage or, you know, through the doors. I didn't know what they were about through the hallway. There were so many doors and like, I don't know, there's a fitness center, a sauna and washing machine and stuff there but and it's always there's no one in that hallway so one day I noticed what was happening though as I was going through I had to walk into the dark again and I was like oh, I hate this moment and somehow as the lights came flashing as they came on like these fluorescent lights I saw what my mind was projecting it was like I saw how irrational it was not only I saw like some psychopaths waiting behind a column I saw like a in my mind's eye you know I saw like a giant snake rolled around the column and stuff and I thought hang on it's not even actually scary the snake you know it, I mean I don't know if there are snakes that big <laughs> that would scare me <laughs> I don't like snakes <laughs> a little snake would scare me a giant one wrapped around a column I'm out Okay, it didn't scare me. I just thought it was just so irrational that I wasn't even scared. But yet, I created these scary things somehow to give myself a hard time. And I think that was the moment I thought, okay, the reality is this room is dark, it's unpleasant, it's humid, it's cold, and so on and so forth. But none of these things are there. I'm creating them, and I didn't know why. But I thought it should be possible to free myself from them. And two years later, here I am saying, it is, I did it. 
I'm sorry, I'm really sorry that I can't give you a clear recipe, but it is possible. And in a way that maybe it's better that I can't give you a clear recipe because you are so unique as you're listening to this, whoever is listening, you're so unique. Only you could create that recipe. Well, what I take from that too, though, is you were intentional about it. You realized it, you had awareness, and then you intentionally worked on yourself to get the result of being where you are today, of not being, not having the fear or not telling yourself the stories that create the fear around certain things that happen. So I think that in and of itself right there is the recipe, is you have to be aware of the stories you tell yourself that create fear, be cognizant of them, and then begin to do the inner work, whatever that looks like for you, to begin to overcome those so you stop telling yourself the stories and you see what's really there. Because that's really the goal that I take from that is you see what's really there and you don't extrapolate on it from your own mind. Yeah. And it wasn't even my kind of goal to do this. I wanted that. I didn't do all this work to be free from this, not just alone this, you know. I want to be free from many other things, conditionings and kind of emotional fluctuations or just like so many things that bind us, restrict us. But this wasn't my number one thing. However, as I try to understand myself and see my mind and understand how it works, I can't tell you why it works the way it works, but I'm pretty sure now about myself at least that I can change anything about myself. Any pattern, any habit, anything dysfunctional, I can replace it with something better, more functional, more helpful, more useful. And I believe we are all the same. It may take me this long or that long. I don't know. It may be this way or another. I may fail so many times or no, not, I don't know. But there is always a better way of thinking, feeling, living, expressing, growing. And my goal is to do that, just keep growing as a person as I just go through life. As we wrap up this episode, is there anything you want to leave the audience with as far as something to consider, think about, or work on, or any activity? This is going to be hard, but try to catch yourself in a moment of fear Try to catch yourself thinking and see what you're really afraid of. It may involve creating a fake situation where you're afraid, like put yourself in a room and just stay in the dark or whatever that triggers that state of fear. But then you will hear what's happening in your mind and those thoughts or you will feel what's happening in your heart. And those feelings are where you can start changing things. Thank you, as always, Ela. Great stuff. I love talking about fear and helping people really come to the awareness of the stories that we're creating, that we're telling ourselves, and the experiences that we're having. Because, I mean, I think that's a big part of the reason why we're here is to experience all of these different things with all of these different people and all of these different energies. And it makes us more complete as beings. So thank you for everything you shared. And I want to remind everyone that they can reach us. If you want to share a story about, you know, overcoming fear or stories that you tell yourself, please share those with us. 424-625-5562 is the phone number. You can also email us, podcast at peacefullease.com. 
and keep up with Ela and everything Peacefulies at the website, peacefulies.com. Ela, thank you again. This was fantastic, and I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you for the difficult questions, Mario. I'll see you <laughs> next time. I can't wait. Thank you. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.